What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Blues people, yet another edition of Jack Dapper Blues Radio on video. First, I want to shout out Blues Music Magazine. See, I'm wearing a hat. I write for that, that magazine. Uh, I also, in my lovely African-American folklorist mug, what I'm drinking is my favorite coffee of the day. When I say of the day, I mean of this era, because those of you who know me know I love coffee and I don't start my day without coffee. However, Mrs. Pearlie, my wife, sells some great healthy coffee. It helps you lose weight. It helps you keep your focus. So I, I kind of mixed them up a bit. We call it the hard version. So I have keto coffee. I have skinny brew. And then I throw in for my dose of greens, super greens, which is chocolate flavor. Flavor. Those of you who know me as well know I love chocolate. Now, if you want to know the ins and out of the coffee and the super greens, you have to reach out to Miss Pearlie. Her website will be up soon, but I will put the information in the description. And without any further ado, we're going to get to my legendary, legendary guest for today, Miss Halle V. Maxwell. I just want to read an excerpt because we're going to be talking about a couple of things. One of the main things we're talking about is her book, Free Bays Ain't Free. Now, I was born in the early 70s, so my era, I know what Free Bays is about. Not personally, but I mean, it was all around Brooklyn, New York. So I'm going to read this excerpt that gives a description of what this book is about. And we're going to bring Miss Maxwell onto screen and we're going to, we're going to dissect this. Chicago-born vocalist. Oh, by the way, I did not even mention she's a legendary blues singer. Okay, so we truly honor her time with us. Chicago-born vocalist Halle Maxwell now professionally known as Halle Z. Maxwell, found her early fortune in the vibrant California music scene of the 70s, eventually bringing her to the audience of rock and roll icon Ike Turner. A lot of people don't know, on a side note, the, the, amount, of, the, the, the amount of contributions Ike Turner has to not just rock and roll, but the blues and the people in the blues that, that are revered and legendary that he brought to the forefront. I believe he had the first rock and roll hit, uh, song to hit number one, but we'll get into that. What started off as a professional relationship became a strange adventure through the music studios, hotel rooms, and drug houses of Los Angeles, with Maxwell acting as Turner's personal assistant, bodyguard, confidant, and surrogate sister. Mrs. Maxwell recounts the many years she spent in the company of Ike Turner during his period of self-facilitated seclusion, also known as his 15-year party, his brief prison stay where he kicked his drug habit, and his eventual return to prominence as the successful and influential musician he was born to be. Let's welcome Mrs. Maxwell. How you doing? Hi. Hi, Jack. How are you? I'm I'm well. I'm well. I'm really excited about speaking to you. We've been trying to uh, get an opportunity to speak for some time. I'm happy we finally got this uh, uh, moment. Let you, I want to really jump right into the book, but before we jump into the book, I, I would like you to share with the audience. Give them your journey, your beginnings in music, and then how you got to the point of where you met Ike, and then we can go into the book from there, if you don't mind. Well, okay. This is a long story, but I'm going to try to shorten it up. I had an exceptional mother and father. My, my, my father graduated from Tuskegee Institute, and my mother was a, a graduate from Northwestern. Okay. They got together. I don't know how. But some kind of way they met and they had me and they said, one is enough. 
Okay, then my mom, she took me when she found out I was talented. And uh, she she discovered that I could sing opera when I was five years old. Uh, she she would get to that song. Uh, what was the song? Uh, oh, the Lord's Prayer by Malat. And when she got to the part where she would sing, it's a temptation. I would run out the room and say, into the damn So she paid attention to that. And at the age of five years old, I sang my first song professionally and got paid at the Metropolitan Baptist Church on 59th Wabash in Chicago, Illinois. Went on to uh, go to uh, Roosevelt University where I ended up getting a music major. But in the meantime, at the age of 12 years old, I was presented in a concert at the Civic Opera House. And now it's called the Lyric, Lyric Opera House. Uh, singing German, Italian, and uh, uh, German, Italian, and French in a concert. I'm the only black child at that time to have ever done that. I go down in history doing that at the age of 12 years old. I left that and went into jazz because if you notice in the book, I told I told the truth. Uh, I was raped by my stepfather at 12 years old. My mother shot him. And I think that changed my, my musical career. Anyway, I went into jazz and I started singing that. Then I went into Broadway tunes. I went into torch tunes. I went into ballads. I went into Broadway. Then I ended up uh, going to LA where I got my job with Jimmy Smith, who's still the greatest black jazz organist in the world. And on the same day, I was hired by Ike Turner. So I'm shortening it up. But uh, I ended up doing rock and roll for two weeks. And then the next two weeks, I was very prissy, standing there being uh, classy and doing jazz. And then the next two weeks, I'd be shaking my ass <laughs> and whooping and hollering, singing rock and roll. Don't ask me how to do it. But I believe that because I was with those two icons, Jack, I, I, I was, uh, this is the truth. When I was 12, when I was uh, 14 years old, I told my mother that I turned was what I needed and that I was going to sing with uh, Jimmy Smith. I was 14 years old. And my mama looked at me and said, yeah, uh-huh, she brushed me off, right? I met both of them the same day, same month, same year, and got hired by both of them the same month, same year. That was November the the, the third, nineteen hundred and seventy seven. Now that's how I got up to all of that. Well, there's, there's a couple of things to unpack there, right? The first thing I would like to ask you before we get into to what sounds like the juicy part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did it? How did it feel at such a young age, um, being the only black child singing what is considered, especially at that time, something that black folk didn't uh, partake in. You know what? I loved classical music. And, you know, how you're raised has a lot to do with uh, what you what you like, what you don't like, uh, what you will continue doing in life. Well, I love classical music. It was refreshing to me. It was enlightening to me. It was... Uh, I felt free. I felt free with that music. And right now, when I clean my house, I put on classical music. That's that's it. It it, it just 
makes me float through the house. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's I all I can you. tell you. You know, uh, singing classical music at that age, um, it was natural for me. I don't. I didn't feel one way or another. I felt like everybody could do this. Well, let you me ask you. Yeah. Did Did it help you? In regards to it being such a, uh, I would imagine it's a strenuous training. Did did were you able to apply that into rock and roll and blues and jazz? Yes, in fact, it was the best foundation. It was the best foundation for me to to enable me to do all of it, to do all the genres of music, classical music. Let me tell you something: it's so technical. Classical music is very technical. You have to be able to um, go from the lows to the highs to the dips and the and the and the dabbles and the, I mean you just have to be so when you're able to do that the next the first the next thing that you go from from classical is to jazz because of the fact jazz is so intricate. The musical that is technical, you know, you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So uh, now going from that, and this is truth, going from that into uh, rock and roll, it was a little hard for me at first because of the fact that. There's no technicalities. You know, you just throw it out there the way you feel, however you want to say the words. How, you know, in, in other words, you don't say, I love you. You say, I love you. <laughs> okay. You don't say, uh, I'm going to the store. You say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the store. So it was very difficult. For me to break these words down and speak incorrectly through song. Okay. And then finally, when I got it, I turned it through this truth. He threw a speaker through his own studio glass at me because of the fact I kept lying, talking about, oh, I got it. I got it. But then when I every time I come in, every time I would open up my mouth and sing this particular song, I would say, memories light the corners of my mind. Guess what? I ain't have nothing. So he would, <laughs> he would throw the seat through the speaker. I ducked. I came up. I said, memories like the corners of my mind. <laughs> and he said, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that was a great segue. You know, I recently stumbled upon a uh, an episode of a, a Judge Joe Brown uh, radio program where he was very vocal about how he felt about Tina uh, and and his revere for Ike Turner and that he felt Ike had got a bad rap for many reasons. Now you were up close. We're going to get into it. Good. You were up close and personal, you know, and for me, I, you know, I know the music history of Ike that does not get celebrated the way it should. Right. Because Ike was instrumental in the, 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 popularity of black music coming from the south to the rest of the world he was a um, musical genius yeah yeah so let's let's start now you said you knew you know you said you yeah you knew you wanted to work with him and meet him at a young age yes and then you you met him in uh did you say 77 yes in 77 okay so now at that point you Let's let's start from there, and we can get to a little bit of the book, but more or less the story. We don't want to give everything away, so 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 let's let's talk about that 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 journey, that how you you worded strange. We, I want I want to get the word incorrect. Uh, here we strange and adventurous. 
Okay. <laughs> well, I, without giving everything away in the book, my encounter with Ike, meeting him, the first night, the first day of setting my eyes on him was strange and adventurous. I had to step over uh, a complete unorthodox situation to get to him. And um, I look back over it now. And uh, Jack, I know that God intended for me to meet him because I was everything that he needed after Tina left without the sexual encounters. That's the best way I can explain that. Now that's like really deep on so many levels. We have to unpack that because I, I guess I would like to ask, well, no, I know what I would like to ask. What, what, state was he in when he and Tina separated that when you met him you understood it was a divine intervention he was he was he was hurt he was hurt um he had no idea that uh, anime bullock would go to the extent of lying on him to destroy him he was hurt and he I mean, me, when I walked through the door, I thought they was playing. I thought that they had this publicity stunt going on and that she was going to come back. I had no, I couldn't even conceive how she left this man and he put her where she is today. And I'm going to say something else that you didn't ask me, but I'm going to say it. Tina liked to get beat up. That's all I got to say. No, 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 no. Yeah, I thought I'd leave it. You can't throw that out there and be like. See, now, here's the thing. But see, because first and foremost, not only again, his contributions to the history of black music and, and, and black music success and culture gets omitted from this history. But at the same token, one of the things that I've noticed is there's only one side of the story and he was villainized and the couple of people that present his side of the story always seems to... Uh, be you know, they, you you. In other words, you you you're making a claim right now that 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 is not so popular in the Me Too movement era in the Damask. Uh, how, how do they say it? Uh, emasculation of men, the toxic men era, and you you you. So for a woman, a black woman, to say this is is some powerful words. Um. What when you met him, were they already separated or was it the yes. tail end? No, they were. She had walked out in 1976. I walked in out. I walked in three two days before his birthday, which was November the 30th. His birthday was November 5th, and I've I've witnessed. I've I paid attention. I observed. That man wasn't like that. Not with me. He was not like that with me. He was, let me tell you something. My mother would come around us. He wouldn't even allow anybody to cuss in front of her. He wasn't like that. Let me tell you what happened. The man was a musical genius. He had never made a star before. He was just doing what God had put him here to do. Now, 
Without giving the whole book away, I'm going to say this. If I had a man that was raised to be self-abusive, he'd come and abuse me. And I wouldn't know what the hell going on. What's what, what the hell going on? Why, why are you doing this? Well, I had no idea what the hell was going on. All he knew was I'm going to do this music and my spirit for creativity is the same kind of spirit as James Brown. And that is to take you to the top. So that means discipline. That means wanting everything this way, that way, and don't biff this way, don't biff that way. Guess what? I'm going to take you there. Now, because he did not know his own value, he did not know his own potential. And I'm not I'm not being funny when I say this, but I have to say it. He ended up having four kids. The man shouldn't have had no kids. He should have went on and did music. I didn't have any children because I know I could sing. I knew I could sing. And I got married and told my husband I'm not having any kids because I know I can sing. Okay, that's how selfish I was about my career. And that's the truth. Now, back to Ike. He didn't know, he didn't know his, he didn't know himself. He really didn't. He was just doing what God put in him. And he met a woman that fit the bill because he told me this story and it's the truth. When he was a little boy, he would uh, go to the uh, movie theater and there was a jungle woman named Tantalaya. So when he created Tina, he created her from that jungle woman, Tantalaya. But he had no idea that if you didn't hit her, you didn't love her. And that's what took him down. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't know nothing about that. Oh, so he didn't know nothing about that. All he was trying to do was save his show that he had worked so hard to do, and he was put in that position. He had no idea. Guess what? Honest to God, he had no idea about the self, about her self abusiveness. And then she turned around and used it against him. That's the story. Now, y'all read the book, and then y'all find out the rest of the juicy stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, you know, because I've heard this story on several occasions, uh, mostly from insiders and on some occasions from someone like uh, Judge Joe Brown. And there's another brother who had a blog some years ago. Um... I think I forgot the name of it. Uh, Street. I forgot the name of. It. I can't think of it off the top of my head right now. But he also was 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 good friends with Ike Turner and, and said the same thing that you and Judge Joe Brown are saying. Um, the one thing that you haven't said that they said, and this is alleged. We're not slandering anyone, but that that um, she she was. Uh, a pimp, and that 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 lifestyle kind of uh, came. Tina, with- Tina like women and, and put it on him. That's all I can tell you. Okay, wow, uh, wow. Guess what? I'm, I'm I'm just dropping it down. I'm just dropping it down. When I so I can imagine. The the not only confusion, the disappointment, the hurt, and then the entire world that 
loved Ike and Tina Turner just turns on him, and then here That's you right. come, right? How how was yeah. it for you, um, helping him adjust and pick up the pieces? Well, you know what, I um, uh, I had no idea that I was helping him to adjust. Uh. The truth is, I thought I was coming there to uh, be the next, not the next Tina, but to be Hollywood Ike Turner. And I ended up being his confidant. I ended up being his, oh man, I ended up being his, uh, well, like I said, confidant. I ended up being his bodyguard. I ended up being his uh, lawyer. I ended up being his accountant. I ended up being his uh, cook. I ended up being—I ended up being everything to Ike, and I had no idea that that's what was happening. But because I was smart, <laughs> and because of the fact that I could speak well, I could talk to anybody. Uh, he put me in that position. He would have me make phone calls to lawyers. He would have me uh, take care of his books. He would have me take. I had no idea I could do all of that. Um, and he told me, let me tell you this, Jack. And I didn't understand it at the time, but he looked at me. He said, listen, before I turn that smile into tears he said I really want you to know me after I die I never knew what he was talking about until what 1992 1991 uh, he was in jail and I put the, the new iCats together and uh, I went to visit him in San Luis Obispo at the jail. He came home, and I had a big party for him in Inglewood. Would you believe that? And we had Tyrone Davis there, Artie Blue Boy. We had uh, Johnny Taylor. They had their buses all parked at the school on 67th and Green. And we had a welcome home party for him. And that's when I knew that I wasn't going to be with him too much anymore because I, because what had happened was I had grown so much with his help. I had grown tremendously, Jack, and he needed more than me. He needed more than me. I didn't have big books. So I introduced him to, and I'm being honest, you you, you want to hear this? Of course I do. I introduced him to Ike Turner Jr.'s woman. And they got married. Straight up. Because she had big bucks. Wait. So you, in, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> So you introduced him to this young lady who married his son or she was married no, to his son with ended his up son. marrying him? She was going with Junior and ended up married Ike because she was an opportunist and she had, she had old money. Wait, she had old money so she couldn't have been black? Nope. Wow. Wow, I'm looking to the side right now because I'm just showing. I'm showing the audience. I keep putting up the still image of the book, but I want you to see the the actual book. You guys got to get this so you can get the real deal. Now, I, I need to ask you, as much as which the the, the meat and potatoes, I appreciate, but I, I I've been wondering why the name. Free bays ain't free. Could you could you share that with us? Sure, because Ike had a fifteen year cocaine party, and uh, you know 
if 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 you deal with psychologists and you deal with psychiatrists, I deal with all that. Not for myself, but uh people that would come to the studio and and he had he had all kinds of uh associates. He had all kinds of friends. So when I found out somebody was a psychologist or a psychiatrist, I would ask him, what's going on with Ike? That, that would help me to understand him better. Make a long story short, uh, the results I got was he's filling a void. He's hurt. And uh, he's trying to cope. He's trying to deal with his breakup with Tina. He's trying to deal with the lies. And and uh, the 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 it's self medication the cocaine, and it helped me to understand him better. Uh, he he be I feel he died of a broken heart. That's what I feel. I I've, I've heard that. I've heard that, and it's um easy to believe. I I want to ask you: were, were you with him around the time the movie "What's Love Got to Do with It" came out? Yeah, I was in and out. Um, I asked him, "Come on, let's go see the movie." He never wanted to go see it. Finally, I talked him into it. And that's when we brought the movie into the house. Let me tell you something, Jack. I don't care what nobody says to this day. Until you hold in your arms an Ike Turner looking at that rape scene that they put in there that didn't happen, you will never ever feel such empathy, such sympathy. You will never ever, it broke my heart. I had to rock this man crying in my arms. I will never forget that experience. And because of that experience, I tell women, I tell women today, Whatever you do, don't take a man down because you too weak to get up. That's just, that's the blues right there. It, it gets no more blues than that. You know, I, I, I guess what? I've never felt that kind of pain in my whole life. I ain't never had that kind of pain. I've never had that kind of pain, and I and I thought I pain, but I've never felt that kind of pain in my life, rocking him in my arms while he was crying, because that's that rape scene didn't happen. He never did that. Now I, I've 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 heard that as well. You know, um, I'm an Ike Turner fan. I've always been an Ike Turner fan. Uh, musically, and I just being a black male, understanding that you're just always going to have a target on your back, I, 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 I empathized with it. But with his story, um, I don't. I've never experienced that. And I, what I'm getting to is how for you. Right for you being a woman, a black woman, and then having to try to um, raise the spirits of of a gifted and skilled individual who's launched many careers, having to face uh, public ridicule for something they they've never done, you know. 
what did it do to you? How did it uh, adjust how how you went about doing things in, in the business? You know what? Uh, uh, I'm gonna tell you something, uh, Jack. I've never ever. First of all, I've never ever been a woman that would scorn a man. I've never been a woman. Guess what? For some strange reason, I look at both sides of things. You know, um, I stayed married to my husband from December the 25th, 1966 until March 2016. A lot of people didn't know I was still married. And then he passed away. Uh, My husband looked at Ike Turner and said, man, I'm giving you to her for you to make her a star. If not, I'm coming back and get that money for the hair on her head. <laughs> My husband was a beautician. <laughs> See, I can't, I can't, I gotta put some humor in this, okay? Uh, I just to God, them two got together. I left the whole building. I left the whole block. <laughs> My point is this: when you got men that are men. I respect them. I respect them wholeheartedly. And to see the breakdown of Ike, man, I don't ever see want to see that out of a man again in my life. Oh, man, this is just uh, so what what inspired you to write this story and what is it that you want the audience to receive first first of all i want some white folks that destroyed him to come and make a movie and tell the truth from this book that's my that's that's honest to god that's the truth that's the truth it may never happen but I wanted this book. I wrote this book because he got a dirty deal. I wrote this book because of the fact that man did not deserve to be put in the light he's put. Guess what? Do you know how many white people stole his music? Do you know how many white people he helped? Uh, uh, he, he believe now he's responsible for Els Presley. He was responsible for Jerry Lou Lewis. He was responsible because they copied, they, they they copied him. Okay, my point is, I want everybody in this world to know that this man got a dirty deal. He wasn't like that, and I want Hollywood, Spike Lee. Tyler Perry to come and do the real truth behind this book. Now that's the straight up truth. I hear you, and I would love to to see that or even take part in it because it's just really it's it's it's, it's hurtful, it's scary that that we never got Ike's side of the story. You know, never did. Guess what? They they squashed it, and she helped, and. I, I got to add this. I have proof that his daughter, Mia Turner, said that she called Tina and Tina said, no, he didn't rape her. I can show you that black and white. That's straight up. See, I'm I'm putting this out here because, man, you know what? Being a black woman from a black child that can sing opera in this country. I got uh, 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 raped, too. You know, I got my new book coming out. It ain't going to come out till I'm 90. But anyway, <laughs> my new book coming out eventually is called All Kinds of Rape from Opera to the Blues. And I'm talking about how black women, black men, talented, untalented, uh, it doesn't matter how we get raped in this country how we get raped in the United States, how we 
are assaulted constantly, verbally, psychologically, emotionally, how we are assaulted in this country. And I'm at a point now in my life where as, baby, I don't care. I'm going to tell you over to my mouth. I ain't scared. I don't care. I've done from the age of five until 73. All I've done all of my life is sing. That's all I've done all of my life is sing, entertain artists, go around the world. Now I'm at a point, and let me say this to you because you may not know this, Jack. I was diagnosed in 2011 with a thyroid gorda. I had a black woman doctor. She didn't tell me. Now, 2000, that was 2011, yeah. The gorda was growing. I didn't have no symptoms. 2018, I started getting big as a house. Guess what? My voice, my breath was getting short. Make a long story short, I had an operation in 2018 because the gorda was pressing against my windpipe, cutting off my air, and digging into my heart. Do you know this black woman who was a doctor didn't tell me? I have not sang a note in two years. See, this is, I'm telling you about the pain. I'm telling you about the rape. That's what I call, I call it an assault. That's, I was assaulted again. So my point, all of my points are, please, people, people, stop judging. Stop listening to all the hype about abusive behavior. Stop listening to all that. You are being abused, Black folks. You just don't know you're being abused. You are not free. You are liberated, but you're not free. Guess what? If we had to leave up out of here, what country would we go to? There I go getting on my, my platform. No, 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 no. Because you're, you're, you're touching on so many truths, and it also leads to your movement right now that you've been pushing for some time, Black Musicians Matter, especially in a situation where Black musicians are exploited or raped, to to use your term, um, and someone else reaps all the benefits of, of what Black musicians are doing. Talk to... Talk to us about how you began to start this movement. Well, I tell you, how I began to start this movement, get a t-shirt. Um, for two years, I haven't been able to sing, like I said. And then all they started talking about Black Lives Matter. And then all these black guys getting killed. George Floyd. Uh, what's her name? Breonna Taylor. Uh, guess what? So many people, I can't remember their names, but they're black. And the policeman shooting. It hit me. Wait a minute. Musicians have been getting shot and murdered for years. Still walking around. Somebody got to do something. So I started, I launched this in the month of October uh, uh, for my birthday. That was my present to me, to launch this Black Musician Matters. And I started a, a GoFundMe. It's still going on. You can still, <clears throat> excuse me, you can still donate money to it. GoFundMe Black Musicians Matter. There are so many musicians in Chicago that are hurting now. Guess what? The clubs are closed. I mean, this is all over the country. But I I can only deal with the Chicago musicians because of the fact that's where I'm from. I know their pain. I've been homeless. 
I've eaten out of garbage cans. They some of them may not be that 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 severe, but I know this pandemic has stopped a lot of them, and some of them are too embarrassed to come and say help. I know this because I'm a musician, and we don't like putting ourselves out there to get help. So what I'm doing is I'm just reaching for people. You know, uh, um, we just got through uh, giving some money to uh, one guy who's a very talented musician, and he beat cancer nine times. Come on, help him. Why not help him? Okay, another friend of mine, I've been knowing him since 1902. That's my favorite year. And <laughs> he's got a broken hip. He's a guitar player. Too embarrassed to reach out. I finally reached out after him. I'm going to see him tomorrow. I'm going to help him tomorrow. This one girl, she's not a musician. She she got in touch with me on Facebook and said, uh, I'm homeless and I have children. Could you bring me some food? Would you believe I'm taking her some food in the morning? Under, under the... Uh, Black musician matters. This this is in behalf of them to go and help this girl. Okay, my corporation is the Maximum Music Group. That's what's on the T-shirts. So you see, if you don't get a T-shirt, guess what? We don't want no copies now, because you know people will copy what you're doing. But see that? Okay. Yes. Okay. Right up under it, it says the Maximum Music uh, Group Incorporated. If you don't get a tip, that if that T-shirt don't have that on it, you're not getting an, an authentic T-shirt. Okay, but my point is this, Jack. Um, I've gotten very angry about how we've taken advantage of, and it's still going on. Guess what? Blues is off the radio. Blues singers is dying. I'm not a blues singer because I ain't never been depressed. <laughs> Guess what? I don't care. My man did leave me. I probably chased him off anyway. <laughs> so I ain't no, I don't call myself blue singer. I just sang. That's all. I just sang. I'm just an entertainer. But uh, I just got thinking about how we've been ripped off of royalties, how we've been repaired, and we're not paid like white musicians. Yeah, I just got thinking about that. So I said, well, I might change something I will. And that's what that made me do this. That's all. Well, you know, consider the book, the movement, it, it all is relative to our treatment on our land, which is this country, as well as in this industry, because, you know, there, there's that uh, statement, no black, no white, just blues, which omits our history, culture, right, and, and, and expressing the same thing with, with, with jazz and every other um, what I call African American traditional music or black expression, right? So, with with, with the, actually before we get into that, this this single, only when you're lonely, which is a good segue. Talk to us about this particular uh, 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 cut, as well as your your publishing and entertainment company, because. Obviously, because black musicians matter, you're 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 uh, promoting owning your own material, correct? Yes, yes. Um, everybody did. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't live everybody. Okay, so I'm gathering up uh, the publishing writers, whole bit. <clears throat> And I'm dealing with, uh, like I said, the Maximum Music Group Incorporated, which deals with publishing. It deals with writing. It deals with helping musicians. It deals with uh, 
uh, making sure that musicians get their rights, get their royalties. Get, I'm uh, I'm doing, and 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 mind you, this is a new venture for me. I've always been an entertainer. I don't know nothing about no lawyer. I don't know nothing about no accountant. I don't know nothing about nothing. But I'm surrounding myself with these things to help musicians. And I uh, project that by this time next year, I should have everything in place to help musicians get their due rights. Now, that's that's. That's what I'm doing. Um, well, let me ask you. Um, yes. This particular movement, Black Musicians Matter, and everything you just described, is, is it a fair assessment that what happened to Ike Turner on your watch inspired this as well as everything else? But is that a big uh, component? And yes, it is, honey. Yes, it is. You know what? I learned so much from that from that man. Uh, I learned what we what we should be doing and and what we need to do. Uh, like I said, I'm not an attorney. I'm not an accountant. But to surround myself with these entities to make sure that musicians get a fair shake now. That's what I'm dealing with. Uh, Ike, Jimmy Smith, the jazz organist. I told you I worked with him, right? A lot of people don't even know who Jimmy Smith A lot of black folks are, who's Jimmy Smith? It, it, oh, that breaks my heart. He's, he was the greatest, even up to the day, he's the greatest jazz organist that ever lived. Oh. Uh, uh, Jack McDuff don't touch him. Jimmy McGriff don't touch him. Shirley Scott don't touch him. Charlie Early don't touch him. And trust me, I've worked with all of them. They can't touch Jimmy Smith. These are the things that I'm trying to stop. Because our children, we they don't, who's Ike Turner? All they know is Tina Turner. Who's Jimmy Smith? Guess what? I'm good. Whatever I can do to turn that around, that's what I'm gonna do. I hear you. I um do do you think it's more hurtful? Because this is kind of a a, a double question, right? Because after the uh revival of the blues or after black music uh, progresses or evolves, usually that music goes to the white audience, right? Or when yes. it crosses over, it goes to the white audience. So yes. now we have a situation where black kids, black young adults, and depending on when you were born and what you were exposed to, you don't know about Jimmy, you don't know about... Ike, you don't know about Sun House, but white kids and white audiences know, right? And then on a situation with Ike Turner, black people know about, not only about Tina, but they even refer to um, Eat the Cake anime as, as this running joke. So, so does it hurt more that black audiences do not hold dear to their white, excuse me, their black heroes like um, white audiences do, one. And two, does it hurt more that it was a black woman who perpetuated this narrative on Ike? So that's a two-part question. Well, first of all, it's been devised. It has been devised to separate us. It's been devised to turn each other, turn us against each other. Okay, for years and years and years and centuries and centuries. Now, <clears throat> I understand what has been happening. I understand why it's been happening. And I understand how come it's going to continue to happen unless somebody like myself, you and somebody else 
Guess what? We just stick our butts on out there. And guess what? Hit the fire. Hit the fire. We got to turn around. We got to, first of all, wow, so much has to be done. First of all, we got to teach these parents how to be parents. That's a job within itself. Okay, then we got to teach these kids how to respect their parents. After we teach these parents how to be parents. See, it starts with how you're raised. It starts with your home coming. I mean, home bringing. It starts with it starts with what's put in your head as a child, how you are molded. Okay, I'm getting deep here. But if the parents don't know nothing, the kids ain't going to know nothing. So you've got a generation here going on that it stops with me. My kids might have known something because of me. But then their kids might not know nothing because they messed around with some kids that their parents don't know nothing. So it goes on. It's a never-ending uh, uh a destructive cycle. My 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 uh my my thing is to first get these musicians together. Listen to me, Chicago musicians. I can't deal with the whole world. Maybe somebody in Detroit, or maybe somebody in New York. We'll, we'll, we'll get this concept that I'm putting together about black, black musicians matter. They'll contact me and we get a chapter going in Detroit. We get a chapter in New York. We get a, all over the country. These black musicians, the reason why you need help is because you ain't helping nobody. Now, you need to help these black kids understand who you are, where you come from so that you can be an idol for them, so that you can get into their heads to, to, for them to want to be somebody. See, these kids don't want to be nobody because they don't know nothing about being somebody. Uh, all they know is Tina Turner, and she done made it. I turn nobody. And she's somebody. So we got to be you black musicians that matter. You also have a responsibility. And that is to make these kids matter to you and turn this around. Turn around. Guess what? How long are black musicians going to be playing Muddy Water stuff? How long black musicians are gonna be playing uh Pine Top Perkins? Guess some guess what? You have to create your own stuff. Create your own stuff, leave it here for these kids so that you can be honored. Cause they don't know anything about they don't know about no these young kids are muddy waters. They think you're talking about uh muddy waters. <laughs> No, but you're absolutely right, and I hope you guys are taking notes because she's saying leave your own legacy, right? That's, so now you, right. Have a, you have a couple of things coming up. As we come to a close, uh, maybe you can give a preview of some of your upcoming uh, programs and projects that are that are happening. Okay, well, you know, Black History Month is coming in February. Now, uh, 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 this pandemic, we don't, you know, it's a shame. We don't know what's going to happen to our lives one day to the next. I mean, really, at least before this pandemic, we could kind of say, okay, well, next week I'm going to do this, or next month I'm going to do this. Right now, we have no, we ain't got a clue. I'm saying that to say this. 
my projected uh, projects are for Black History Month. Number one, I found a song that Ike and I wrote. I wrote the words. He wrote the music. It was lost in my computer. I just found it about two weeks ago. I'm going to release that. Okay? That's number one. I want to have an affair. A big affair. Black History Month. Number one. Honoring black musicians that matter. Number two. A book signing of Free Bass Ain't Free. Number three. I want to uh, uh, do release that song that Ike and I did. Number four, I have a friend. He'll be 101 years old, Jack. And he goes to the gym four days a week. You hear me? That's history. I want to honor him. And his birthday is in February. Those are the four things. I want to do in Black History Month in February. That's I hear all I you. Well, well, I'm definitely honored that you took time to sit down with the Jack Dobber Blues radio show, talk about your book, Free Bays Ain't Free, right? And it's just ironic, those of us who who were aware and old enough to be aware during the late 70s and 80s. That was a big term. And most people were introduced to it by Richard Pryor, unfortunately, for his unfortunate situation at that time. But you all get your hands on free bays ain't free. Um, Can I tell tell them where to get it? That was my next question. Go right ahead. Okay. Uh, You can go to www.com. Holly, H-O-L-L-E, the, T-H-E-E, Maxwell, dot, L-O-B-E, dot, love. You can also go to PayPal, uh, PayPal, okay, PayPal.me, slash, Freebase Ain't Free. Those two things you can go, you can find the book. You can find my CDs on my website. Uh, what else? I'm on Facebook. Yeah, you can find that. I was just trying, I, I was showing them that I got a signed autograph copy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Guess what? It's gonna be worth something when I'm dead, boy. <laughs> It's going to be, it's big, baby, y'all better. Anything you get a man, when I drop dead, you better hold on to it. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so you're telling them that you're on Facebook, <laughs> you're on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram? I'm on Instagram. Now, wait a minute. I'm not that much on Instagram, but I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I Guess what? Just Google Holly D. Maxwell. I'm the internet queen. <laughs> well, I, I, again, I, I thank you so much for taking time to sit with us. Um, you blues folk, go get the book. Get the music. Understand the history of the music and how it connects to the people and how it reflects the people. Get Please. the t-shirt. Oh, that's right. Get get the T-shirt too. Go to and, the website. But, it's on the website. Oh. But but, it, but yeah, yeah. Well, well, we just got them not on the website yet. But uh, also, uh, I want to make sure you can you can you can get to uh, my company, the Maximum Music Group at Gmail. Okay, uh, the well, that's a long name, but I tell you what. Here's how we do this. Inbox me on Facebook and then it'll work. All right, well, don't worry. I'll, I'll put whatever links necessary will be oh, in the description. Okay. All, right. all right. But yeah. I, I just wanted to make sure that I, I drive this message home that 
we provide the information of your traditional music and expression and how it connects to the people. It is your job from there to grab that and connect it to your family, your personal lineage and tribe. And that is how we will be able to preserve our, our, excuse me, expressions, musics, and heritage, because it comes from the people, you know what I'm saying? And you can and, always... And, and you know what, Jack, I hate to interrupt, but we're dying. Our, our music is dying. Uh, our legacies are dying. They're being wiped out. We, as a people, have to support each other. We have to support each other. We have to back each other. Guess what? We were taught divide and conquer. We got to stop it. We got to stop it now because we're dying out. It's time to stop it. That's all I got. To, I, I think that's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. But again, thank you for being on the show. We signing off. Y'all know, come back next time. Find Mix Maxwell. Jack. Yeah, and thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Y'all keep bluesing. And if you don't play the blues, listen to the blues. If you don't play or sing the black spirituals, listen to the black spirituals. Support your local musicians, whether they're amateurs or professional. Support your authors and their literature and support your culture and traditions. Be blessed, y'all.